What's up, everybody? Brian here. Welcome to the Caleb and Brian Show. Tonight, we're joined by our great friend, Kyle Thornley, and discuss a variety of topics, including our love of reading, fly fishing, learning new hobbies, and uh, what's it like to be a dad of kids and trying to get them into stuff. Um, we hope you enjoy the episode. If you'd like to leave any comments or questions, please email us at calebandbryanshow at gmail.com. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Welcome, everybody, to the Caleb and Brian show. Tonight, we've got our good friend, Kyle Thornley, here with us uh, to give us all of his wise thoughts. Kyle, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Thanks, Brian. Well, uh, so you guys know each other, right? You and Caleb. Caleb, you doing all right tonight, too? I'm I'm doing great. Yep, Kyle and I know each other. I think you were an intern in the same department, maybe? I can't remember how exactly I met you, but... Yeah, quite honestly, it's probably how we meet all of our friends at work, just in the lunchroom. In the lunchroom, yep. That's the thing that I miss the most about that place is the lunchroom. Yeah, Yeah, and quite honestly, that's what I miss the most about it, too. Oh, (laughs) yeah, you probably haven't been into the office for months and months either, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you've been, Kyle. You you go to the office sometimes, but there's nobody there to to actually talk to. Yeah, and they, like, tell you you can't have lunch, right? Like, all the tables are spaced apart and like yeah definitely discouraging any interaction with people at work i actually do want to talk about the lunch table here for a minute that's kind of an interesting topic i feel like um we have a pretty large group of friends i i remember that one of the things that we'd always do well so first of all just for anyone who's never been right the the cafeteria at at our place of of business uh, is not the biggest place, but it has a bunch of these round tables with these chairs you can pull up to. And we would always sit on a table in the farthest back that you could get uh, away from where all the doors and stuff were. And then we only ever used one round table. And if anybody ever tried to like bring another table, we would mock them to scorn until they left. And we would just squeeze like 11 or 12 people around a table that meant, you know, that was meant to hold like four people. Um, maybe maybe six maybe maybe six. six well four of me and six of you that's, that's <laughs> sure, about <sure. laughs> that's about where where that is but and and you know a lot of people over the years joined us at that table um you know back in the very first day it was just caleb and i uh you know after well i was actually eating lunch with we talked about it earlier how caleb and i met but our friend brandon and i ate lunch there and then caleb was brandon's friend and so brandon or caleb started eating with us and then that just slowly grew over the years now you're not friends with Brandon anymore. <laughs> I still have friends. I still I still have friends with Brandon. Oh, okay. we, 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 have, we need to have Brandon on. Like this is the second time we've talked about him. So yeah, I'll I'll message him and tell him he, he lives right here in Farmington, looks like down the street from us. So yeah, no, I know. I met visited him at his house. He's pretty handy. He got it all fixed up. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, so we. You know, we would talk about all kinds of awesome stuff at the table. It was the best part of the day. You come down, you take your hour lunch that was like an hour and a half because why would you not take as much time as possible to talk with your friends? And it was a good time. Yeah, because half the time at the lunch table, you were doing productive stuff like discussing how to do your job. Right. It was like a cross-pollination, multifunctional team that wasn't mandated by HR. So it was like 
perfectly executed. So it was like actually useful. Right. Just spontaneously happened. Well, that that's what was so nice, right? And the, so the other half of that lunch table core uh, was our friends, Lindsay and Michelle and myself, who we all got to be friends because we all worked in change control or on the SMT team, what they call it, supplier management, and just going to these awful meetings once a week where we just listen to people just like lose their collective minds and just look at each other. Like, like you'd look around the room, like to see if there was any other person who was sane enough to like look you in the eye and be like, yeah, this is not okay. What just happened right now? <laughs> like, and that's how we met. And so we all started eating lunch together. Um, and man, yeah, I really miss it. Honestly, it's one of the reasons I kept working at this company for so long. Like no it's joke. the lunch table. Well, yeah. Cause I, yeah. I, cause of all the friends that I had there and, and Kyle's right. Like, and you guys are both right. Like the cross-functional nature of it, like, it was so weird outside of our one weird group at work for people that don't work in the same department, whether that's like, you know, people in R&D or quality or marketing. Or, to even, like, or even different franchises, right? Someone working on one product line versus the other product line. Exactly. Mm-hmm. To like sit together. And our group always like basically didn't care about any of those boundaries. And we just kind of sat with each other and just talked. And what ended well, up happening is, well, go ahead. Are you going to say something? Yeah, I was going to say, even along those boundaries, I mean, there really wasn't any boundary. Like, anyone was welcome. And some people, I mean, I I don't know, I was going to say took advantage of it, but that's not even the case. Like, everyone was welcome. It didn't even matter who you were if you wanted to come have lunch. lunch. You know, I was definitely not one of the first two at the table like you guys. So I came in a little bit later, and I, like, definitely remember feeling very welcomed and it was kind of like an awkward, like, okay, like, I guess I'm kind of new here. Can I still come around? But eventually, like, it just felt super comfortable. And you guys were always super welcoming. And it, it just honestly started feeling like, oh, yeah, like, I can come here and I can talk about work or I can talk about life. And it could just be like a, it, it, it honestly was the break that we all needed from the nine to five. Like, it was just, kind of became like an essential part of the day. Well, and it definitely was focused, I feel like, more on not work than on work. But the nice thing was that you had all of these people who are experts in all these different things. And what would often happen is you'd run into a roadblock with somebody on your actual team uh, and you didn't know how to overcome a hurdle or something. And so instead of like trying to beat your head against the wall of, of people's weird personalities and stuff, you just go to the lunch table. And you'd be like, how do I do this in the quickest way possible? And, and everybody was just so nice. And so I, it's been really good, actually, for a lot of people's careers just in general. Not only did you get like a lot of uh, different information and exposure to different topics, but people just straight up knew how to do things that you didn't know how to do. Um, so that, I mean, that was always what it was like for me. And it's always just been a blast. Yeah, who knew? Who knew the magic of the lunch table? Like, it. Yeah, it's definitely well. It definitely, it, was a good. Thing it wasn't enough sure. to hold Caleb there, though. So <laughs> no. maybe it's not so magical. Well, Caleb, I think. I mean, Caleb, I won't speak for you, but I feel like you would have made a different decision if you could do it over again. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Like we, I mean, you've listened to the podcast, right, Kyle? Like I kind of talked about it, how I had this uh, passion mindset where the most important career advice that yeah. I had was like follow your passion, right? And so that's what I thought I needed to do was because I was. I worked in some pretty crummy spots actually there and mm-hmm. um and yeah I thought I thought at that point in my career that I needed some hands on but yeah like 
the grass seems greener on the other side, but I gave up the lunch table for sure. Like that was an unintended consequence that I didn't realize how, how much I was giving up. Yeah, but yeah, I Brian, you discovered that same thing, like the passion mindset, like actually before I started working there, like I was going to go to med school and then I just realized that it was like, okay, like, yeah, that might be something that I'm more passionate about, but actually, like, I think that just the work-life balance and everything was just more important for me. And I just kind of pivoted. And yeah, it's, 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 I think it's a real thing. Like you just yeah. got to get your value and it ends up being like you, you become passionate about. It. And now, honestly, like I do some really cool stuff at my job and I, I kind of love it. Yeah. Well, one thing that I noticed about you, Kyle, and that I have always admired is like, you're really good at like putting your head down and working on hard things. Right. Until until the work is done. So, and I think that really is the secret to finding passion in your employment is trying to get good at it. And I think yeah. that you do that really well. Yeah. Is this is this the embarrassed Kyle part of the podcast? Yeah, I guess no. so. Because Kyle, you're like one of the few actually talented engineers that I feel like we actually have. Right. Like <laughs> like someone who would who actually right? no that I have worked with. Is... No shade to Nate or Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and you're obviously not good at taking a compliment, which is fine. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but there's, it, it's funny because in our line of work, it's so easy to just make these small iterations and then just go through like mountains of paperwork, right? In order to get whatever it is done and not actually come out the other end with anything that's actually new or valuable, but where you've kind of just made a slight modification and then somebody in the marketplace is going to sell it for 10 extra dollars or something, you know, but I, I feel like you actually, uh, if they let you would actually invent something that would be interesting. So, and new. So. Yeah, and that's actually like what I was just mentioning, like the role I'm in now is kind of like, it's playing to that like really creative role that I've always like kind of enjoyed and toyed with. So that's why it's, it's been a lot of fun lately for sure. Well, it's fine. I mean, we're talking about the company. I mean, I don't think that our company is that different than most big companies in that actually talented people have to end up going against the cultural norm or the ex expectations of, of the of the business in order to actually succeed. Right. Like even just going back to the lunch table, uh, when I first started working there, so I've worked there for over 10 years. Um, when I first started working there, almost I would say. Not half, but like the whole lunchroom was full of people every lunchtime. So there was several groups like our group who would just hang out every day and talk. And as the years have gone on, that has gotten smaller and smaller and smaller until literally I feel like we were the only group that ever ate lunch at all with mm -hmm. other people. Like it'd be so often, like you'd rarely even our group, right? Started like dwindling towards the end. Like well, it, it, well, it had to, especially as some of us like, you know, we moved up in our career a little bit and then you're just scheduled for meetings all the time. But yeah, it, it took a, a long time though, but you could see that people weren't taking advantage of that really crucial time just to talk. And I remember just so many times people asking me like, how do you, how'd you learn how to do all this stuff? Or how do you know what it, where, you know, how to do these things? And the truth was always, cause I talked to my friends at the lunch table, which just sounds so dumb. It's like they, what the, they, <laughs> that wasn't the answer they wanted to hear, right? The answer right. they wanted to, to hear was like, I studied extra hard or I'm just really smart or like whatever. But it, it was honestly just, because I, because right I goof, like it really makes people mad when you say when when the question is essentially why are you better than me and your answer is because I goof off more than you, like like that's like what it could have lunch and go play ping pong. Yeah, I right. take I I take an hour to blow off some steam, 
and talk to smart people and not think about it and not stress out about everything that I'm doing all the time. And it just tends to be beneficial in, in every way that it could be. And for a lot of us, like we're, we're not just friends at work anymore. Like we're friends forever, you know, outside yeah. Like Caleb and I met at work, but this is now our podcast. You know, right. Kyle, we, we played Dungeons and Dragons every Thursday for like two years, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you remember how that happened? Do you, you should... Yeah, I remember. I, I, I mean, how D and D happened. Yeah, I remember yeah. my first game of D and D. Yeah, Caleb, you were like pivotal in like teaching me what the heck to do and helping me create my first character. And I was, yeah, completely lost. <laughs> Honestly, it was. Yeah, I remember that game actually. There was like towards the end of it, you staged this dungeon where we were like coming down a flight of stairs, and all of a sudden there were like I can't remember if there were like griffins or something. And just tons of them, and you were like, kind of like looked at me and was like, "This would be a good time for like that." Uh, I can't remember what spell, like a thunder clap, or I can't remember something that was like yeah. an AOE spell. You're like, "This would be a good time." <laughs> so yeah, definitely remember that. So Kyle, you you're you're not you didn't grow up as like a like a head in a book video games type um, of fantasy kid, right? Absolutely not. Like I probably would have, to be quite honest, like would have made fun of people that like to do the things that I like to do now. <laughs> oh, talk more about it, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, what was your uh, first reaction when you got invited to play D and D? Right, like, I mean, I think it's the reaction that everyone probably gets when they're like, "Hey, you want to come play D and D?" They're like, "Uh, no." Like, will will someone find out about this, and then they'll just forever make fun of me, which is obviously the wrong like mindset, but. Um, yeah, I think that that was my kind of initial impression is like, oh my gosh, if my brother ever finds out about this, I'll never hear the end of it, which is honestly true. He still like makes fun of me for it, but whatever. That always happens, right? Like I remember, so we used to have a tradition where every fall, a group of us would go camping. We just call it man camping, right? Oh man, that was good times. It was a really good times. And we'd go up in the woods and we'd camp and then we'd play D and D outside. And Uh Yeah, except except no, though. So that was my whole point, right? So my wife is like telling her sister about this, and she's just like, they just go up and they play D&D in the woods or whatever. And she's like, he dresses up and plays in the woods with his (laughs) friends. And like, people just have like this really weird, like, like, idea. I I feel like I have to explain it to people. It's like, when you say like D&D, it's like, basically, what we do is just go hang out and laugh. Like, that's kind of what it ends up becoming most of the time. Like, Tell jokes with your friends. It's, it's yeah, a, exactly. Like play jokes with each other. Like you provide a structure. Exactly. Well, the structure is important because it, it's a lot. It, what is it, what allows you to uh, tell such good jokes? You know, yeah. you need to be. You need to have focused uh, time in order to do that. And so, I just think it, it is funny because I think what Dungeons and Dragons has always been is what we do, and uh, most people see like that stereotypical whatever nerdy looking people who can't get dates or whatever you know mm-hmm. <laughs> I, maybe our group is pretty weird like we're a bunch of like engineer type people who all have good jobs and are married right. and have families and kids and we still find all this time to play but you know we have we have a blast doing it um yeah, so, it's become like a great part of my week for sure yeah, yeah. so when you so when you're growing up and you you weren't uh you know imagining dragons to slay like what were you doing instead um i don't know just working hard honestly like i know that sounds dumb but 
So I grew up like on a farm and like we didn't have like tons of technology around like half my childhood. We didn't have the Internet. And when we did have the Internet, it was super sporadic. And so, um, yeah, just working hard. But like I think probably my segue into like video games in general was just like everyone played Halo. And so I, I would go to my cousin's house and we'd play a lot of Halo. Um so you jumped on the I mean, Halo bandwagon. Yeah, I think that's probably the bandwagon. I mean, I we had a Super Nintendo growing up, so like classic games on the Super Nintendo. Like I played a lot of those, like A Link to the Past. I'll, I'll probably beat that like 15 times as a kid. Um, a great game. But I never really like read books. Like reading was, I just never had time. Honestly, like my parents never really like pushed it either. Like they kind of just said like, oh, like you find something to do with your time and it was never like suggested to read and then honestly i think that you guys you know brian and caleb i think you guys had some really good book recommendations for me and that's kind of where i started like finding having a lot of fun reading and just kind of exploring the i don't know just all these fantastical ideas that are out there so you didn't start reading books until like for fun until you started talking to us Honestly, probably tell. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there were like a couple of books that I had read, but well, you I, probably read a lot in school for like various reasons. Yeah, of course. And quite honestly, like I think I was more focused. Like when I was reading previously to meeting you guys, it was reading for like I would read like autobiographies or historical fiction. Like that's kind of I don't know, just like books that were more like, useful. <laughs> I don't know, useful maybe it's in reality but, but or something. That that's necessarily true. Um, but yeah, those kinds of books. And then you guys suggested, I think one of the books that Caleb suggested was Ready Player One or, or Name of the Wind. One, of, I think both of those probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Which are much Name more sci-fi, sci-fi and fantasy genre books. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then I just realized that like, hey, this is, these are really interesting books and they're entertaining me. And it's just good for my mind to like do something like that rather than turning on Netflix or something else. Like it's, it's just a lot more interesting i think the stories are more compelling and i think it's better for you yeah and now you're like a pretty avid reader right like you you always have at least one book going yeah there's pretty much not like a day that goes by that i don't read like at least like for 15 minutes or so well and you just finished the wheel of time which is like the biggest series that you could basically read yeah that was i joked with my wife that that was like my greatest life accomplishment (laughs) <laughs> it's it's certainly not the smallest one, right? Like that that's the thing. Like th- that we're talking I don't know, uh I, what what I mean, sixty thousand pages? Like it's it's a thirteen it's, books? It's four, 14, fourteen books 15 that average about seven hundred and fifty pages probably. Yeah, wow. If not more. Yeah, it took me like two or two and a half years or so though. Like it's a long endeavor, but kind of fun stuck it through i mean that's a series that's so long that the author died while he was writing it yeah (laughs) so it had to be finished by somebody else but um, which was worked out kind of nicely i think that the end was fantastic yeah he i think brandon sanderson did a great job finishing up that series but man what an accomplishment so um (laughs) so is that something that you're trying to like impart to your kids now yeah absolutely so we've actually i've been trying to like think of like what are some books that I can start reading with Finn that have like a longer plot than like reading Curious George or, you know, like all of the typical kid books that are out there? Like he's four. So like 
you know, you can only keep his attention so long, but I've been trying to like figure out some good uh, books to start with him. So yeah, if you guys have recommendations for something like that, I'm all ears. I was going to ask, have you, so have you come up with anything yet? Uh, honestly, no, like not really. <laughs> so I think, uh, I think one thing that's important to realize with kids, even when they're little, cause I mean, how old's Finn like four or five or something like that? Yeah, he's four. <laughs> so, I mean, he is still, like you said, a little bit of intention span challenged i guess but Mm -hmm. kids love to listen to their parents read even if it is like higher level books right like Like when we read like so and and it's huge like the difference between so we have a two-year-old violet and then a four-year-old finn and when we read like it they just like settle down and they'll just sit in your lap and you'll just like read and read and finn right now like he'll just keep going and like he just wants to keep going and going and going so yeah i think that he could handle know some more plot like you just have to do a lot of recapping to remind him kind of what happened i think i think honestly uh harry potter is a great gateway book drug for people i was gonna suggest the same thing especially if you get like the they have these animated ones now animated i mean oh yeah they're fully fully pictured right they're almost like a picture book yep i've got i've got all four of them that are out right now kyle if you ever want to borrow it like you want to borrow the first one and and uh (laughs) read it to Finn, but yeah, they're completely illustrated the whole book, but it's unabridged. So, and they're, they're beautiful. Um, but yeah, yeah the, the pictures are compelling. Like, like it's really, really well done. So, so here's the thing, right? Harry Potter is like Disney. Like it's really good, especially when you're a kid, but it's not something that you should get fixated on for the rest of your life. You know, <laughs> some people, you know, some people, love disney when they're little and then they never stop loving disney it's like guys there's more stuff out there than just these trite stories that you're you know get some more meat on your bones here so to speak and, and harry potter is kind of the same way but it, it is a very well-written archetypal story that you know will make you feel really good about fighting good and evil and teach lots of good lessons and and things that you want your kids to learn um yeah it makes school cool and you know the power of friendship yeah i think harry potter is great yeah, something that makes learning appreciated, right? I think is yeah. always good. Um, I yeah. I try to think about when I think about that kind of stuff. Even my own learning to love to read, which is I didn't do any reading either when I was a kid. I don't think not like you know not until I was an adult or anything. But I just remember in yeah. school hating reading, like and and I I didn't realize why until you know some years afterwards when I thought about it, but. It was because everything they, that people make you read in school is boring nonsense. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I remember having the same exact feelings that you're describing, Brian. Like, I don't know how many book reports I did on The Hatchet because it was like a book that I read and remembered the plot <laughs> and I could just keep rewriting the book report yeah, over and, and over the, again. And The Hatchet is actually okay. Like, at least it's kind of interesting, right? Yeah, it's like that was definitely the best book I remember, like, as a in elementary school and like early sixth and seventh grade like reading and thinking about so and i'm yeah, talking oh, go just ahead. don't realize that there's better stuff out there than you know gary polson which you yeah, know shade to him it was good <laughs> <laughs> but i mean so for me so i'm talking about a little bit younger i'm talking probably about second grade you know you're just sick of reading like you know harry the dog likes fran or whatever i don't know you know the, the plot of these mm-hmm. books are terrible and so that was about the time when I don't know if you, ever, you guys ever heard of the Animorphs uh-huh. series, like Animorphs yeah. books. So I started getting into those. Those first, those started coming out around then. And uh, here's the thing about Animorphs. 
it is a a book series. They're chapter books, which is nice, right? They they got a good plot. Each book's probably between 100 and 200 pages long. There's I think there's 59 of them in the series now. Um, they're about uh, kids with secret alien powers trying to stop Earth from being taken over by an alien race, and they're aimed at nine year olds. And they are dark as crap and terrifying. Like, <laughs> like, like the the plot is so, like. I mean, it goes through like people get like PTSD from having like murder their loved ones. Like all kinds of like terrible things happen. It, it's a very like realistic approach to a lot of these things that are happening. And as nine year old me was just like, yeah, this is what I was looking for in reading. And I just remember devouring <laughs> those books, right? Because they're so interesting and they had so much stakes. And there were, I mean. She, the person, the the author, she said that she wrote them because she just wanted to talk to, about animals in a cool way to the kids. But mm-hmm. I mean, holy crap, though, those books are incredible uh, for a, for a little kid. I, so I've just actually gotten my uh, younger son Alex into reading them because he was trying to find something to read, and I think he's starting to have a similar experience. But I would say, Kyle, to answer your question from back before, just you got to find stuff that just hooks kids on wanting to read. It doesn't really matter like what the content of it is, you know, just find something that they really, really want to read. So they learn to love it. And then they can figure out that they like reading all the different kinds of things later. Yeah. And I think that you're right about your other um, point too, Brian, where I don't think that Finn really cares what you're reading as long as you're reading to him. I mean, you even described yourself, Kyle, right? How he'll, he'll sit down and kind of settle in when, whenever you read and it doesn't matter. And he can do these marathon sessions. So. Well, and, and my point to that also was that he will comprehend a lot higher level if you're reading it to him as opposed to having him read it to himself, right? So, yeah, I mean, he's not to that level yet. So <laughs> Yeah, so so Harry Potter might be a little over his head for him to read to himself or whatever, but you, you could definitely at least read the first book to him and he would get it. Um, and, you know, that same thing with like The Hobbit, things like that. Old old fantasy novels, I think, are really, really good. They tell yeah, a, it's like I can't like story. it's it's hard to like think about like can he really get like Harry Potter? I feel like I like still have to like teach him so many words as we're reading, but you know I, I think you can only give it a shot and if just postpone if it doesn't work out yet, like find something a little simpler. So this is something I've been thinking about recently, kind of along this line, and and it is uh, the key to having like a good relationship with your kids is not doing stuff with them that they like but it's getting them to do stuff with you that you like right like so like you teach them to love the things that you love that way you all enjoy it and always want to do it all the time oh yeah so and i think people make a mistake where they're you know whatever their kids four and what i don't know likes daniel tiger so you spend all your time looking at daniel tiger and as an adult that makes you want to chew your own eyes out right (laughs) so i mean when they're really little it's tough but like you 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 start to find hopefully that things that you can enjoy at the same time and uh or or things that you remember enjoying when you were a kid like i've gotten to Mm -hmm. watch a lot of tv shows or stuff with my kids that i liked when i was their age and they like it too so i still kind of like it and it you almost like relive your childhood in a sort of interesting way but yeah i've seen that recently too like you know, I've been, this is like the weirdest year, obviously. And I feel like my biggest thing this year is I've been like picking up like every single hobby that I can think of, which obviously you can't like handle so many hobbies. But one of those hobbies was mountain biking. And so I started going mountain biking with some neighbors. But, and Finn has always like, that's one thing he loves to do is ride his bike. So it's been super fun, like just to go for a little bike rides around our neighborhood with him and like, 
I took him over to like a bike park where he could go over little jumps and ride down skinny rails. And like, it's been super fun to like see him get really passionate about something and also something that I enjoy doing with him and watching. So yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying, Brian. Yeah, that's really cool. What other hobbies you got going? Mountain biking? Oh man. Fantasy novels? D&D novels. uh, Fly fishing. So I picked up fly fishing this year, but to be quite honest, like I've gone fly fishing more than the fish that I've caught fly fishing. So um, not very good well, they, at it yet. They don't call it fly catching. They call it fishing for a reason. Probably. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I guess if you think about like what Nate was describing in his nasty episode that you should never have, <laughs> um, it's kind of about that. Like you go out, like you're just like waiting in this river and it's beautiful all around you. You're trying to like trick those freaking fish to bite your hook. And it's, it's pretty fun. Like I actually really enjoy it. Brian loves fishing so much. I, I, <laughs> I hate fishing. <laughs> I think fishing, I, I think everyone who fishes deserves what they get. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I just, we, I don't know why. I grew up, my dad loves fishing. My parents took us fishing a lot, but they, I think they never really took a lot of equipment that made it interesting for kids. And I think I might have a problem, honestly. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's fishing. I think it's me. I think I'm adult enough to admit that. Uh, <laughs> But, it, you know, we it wasn't like, let's go take our nice chairs and go sit down and like at this lake, beautiful lakefront and have a nice lunch. It was like my dad's like, let's go sit on this rock in the rain or whatever. So there's always some miserable experience. And then, I mean, my experience like was like yours, Kyle, where you never actually catch anything. Yeah, uh, but I think just like Caleb said, it's more than like fishing. You're like going out and enjoying like beautiful world that's around us and honestly i think fly fishing is pretty different than what you're describing though like it's pretty like i guess that that's like the engineer side it's pretty active yeah it's very active you're always doing like repositioning your line or like trying to fix your drift so that it's super slow and steady Um, fish yeah how deep do you fish like what are you what do you put on your hook there's a lot to it so it's pretty like I don't know. It just really gets my brain going to try and figure out those freaking fish, but I, I still don't know how to do it. <laughs> well, I can, I can say it. So we never went fly fishing. We were always more traditional type fishing, right? Where you cast a, a line and you, wait put, you put it in a holder or you, you hold it with some rocks and then you just wait, see some imperceptible bobble. <laughs> wait for mm-hmm. the fish to never come. Right. But in, and again, I, I, I think we talked about this in the last time Caleb and I, that when we talked, but I, when we were talking about overstimulation and dopamine detoxes and stuff like that. Oh, sure. Yeah. I just think that I don't have, or maybe I have too much going on in my head to sit quietly and fish. Like for me, that would be like an exercise. Like that would be like trying to meditate. Like literally it'd be the same thing. You'd have to like have a podcast on and. (laughs) Well, that might help actually. Right. It wasn't like there was podcasts to listen to when I was seven, right. Like, or 10 or whatever, like the invention of, of things like that, that you can take with you and listen to whatever really makes any boring task uh, much more doable, in my opinion, for anything from doing the dishes to cleaning your garage is a lot more enjoyable when you're listening to a podcast than it is when you just have your own thoughts to, to terrify you. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. So, so I, I mean, I'd give, I'd give it another chance. I'd like to go with some friends that I liked uh, just to be outside, but I think I might be a bit of an indoor kid, so 
Uh, <laughs> I, well, from, yeah. I was going to yeah. ask Kyle, like, did you teach yourself technique or, or did you have like oh. a Fisher mentor man to help you out so, or woman? Uh, both. So YouTube, there's like so many YouTube channels about fly fishing. Like I don't, I probably watched like 80 hours of YouTube on like how to cast and where to put your line. And I've watched so much YouTube on it. But also my wife Kyle? for my birthday got me. Um, she paid for a guide, so I went for a guided trip for like three hours or so. So there was like a tiny bit of mentoring, but it was also just like this college kid that's been fly fishing a lot more than me. He he wasn't bad, but he definitely wasn't like the best guide ever. Did you catch some fish when you went went out for no, three hours? Not a single fish when I went with him. Huh. Kyle, do you have any? Uh, do you have like a specific channel for YouTube that you'd like to plug for fly fishing? Um, yeah, so there's like the Orvis Guide to Fly Fishing. It's pretty good. I think that's actually a podcast too. I started listening to their podcast. It's really good. We'll put it so, as an unsolicited plug. Yeah, for sure. Um, like, are you all in? Like, are you tying your own flies and stuff? Now no, I'm not there. I'm not there yet. Uh, I'm still buying flies. They're they're not they're expensive, but they're not. I don't know. I I haven't got to that level yet. Sure. Yeah, other but... hobbies pick up right like that's the problem is i'm the kind of person that like i love learning new things and like trying new things and like i can never be like a pro at one thing so like another thing like i bought like a new gun this year i was like oh yeah i'm gonna get into like super long range like thousand yard shots like that's what i want to do i think that'd be super cool <laughs> i bought a gun but i haven't really got around to like doing that and baking i don't know there's just like so many hobbies i've been trying to pick up and well, you and me both i have hobby ad HD as well. Yeah. Some things are hobbies, but some things are skills, right? So I, I don't know. There, I think there's a difference. Like lear- learning a bunch of new skills, I think is really important. Baking, I would consider a skill more than a hobby, I guess. But yeah, I've always liked baking though. Like ever since I was a kid, that's something that's like my mom taught me how to bake bread when I was, I remember entering bread in our like Fox Elder County Fair when I was probably like eight years old. So nice. really, did you get yeah. a blue ribbon? Of course, man. And they're like five bucks <laughs> with it. And after I realized that, then I just like started submitting everything. It's like, oh, yeah, I drew a picture and I'll put it in the fair and they'll give me some money. Um, it, Yeah. Turns out they'll give you money for basically anything you submit to the fair. Nice. Nice. I've been wasting a lot of time not submitting things in fairs. <laughs> right. <laughs> What's your favorite thing to bake besides bread, I guess? Mm-hmm. Or maybe is bread it? It probably is bread, honestly. Like this year, I've been like trying to perfect sourdough. Like that's probably the thing that I've done a lot this year. Um, and that's like the science side of it too. Like there's a lot going on there, but there's something like awesome about creating a loaf of bread from just flour, salt, and water, and you know yeast that comes from the air and everything all around us. So it's pretty cool. And then you try and figure out like what's the right time to proof it and what temperatures do you proof it at to give it a good flavor it's uh, again it just kind of plays into my interest in trying to figure things out yeah and and technical right i was just going to say that's that's kyle's brain right there technical and and sciencey or whatever it sounds like yep so kyle what is it about just learning all these new things that really that you really like like why do you keep doing it over and over again um something to occupy my mind like i don't like you know like you're saying talking about like dopamine like stuff like that like i feel like that's probably 
I mean, I waste plenty of time doing stupid things, but I feel like those filling my time with hobby or like learning a new skill is, I don't know, it's just fun. Also chess, that's the my most recent hobby. I've been playing the heck out of internet chess. You picked up chess, huh? Yeah. Competitive against other people. Yeah, so there's something, and Caleb knows this, I remember you talking about this, like just the numbers get bigger, right? Like you have yeah. a rating in online chess, and it's actually a really like statistical determination of your rating. Like I, I actually looked it up because it's super interesting, like how they score you in chess. Um, it's a lot of like the statistics we do in engineering like every single day, but basically you have a rating and then you play against other rated players and depending on what their rating is, you either get a bump in your score if you win or you, you know, get deducted score if you lose. And it's, yeah, it's really, it's pretty fun and it's, you know, you're just trying to push that number higher and higher, but the problem is there's like grandmasters that are like 10 times your level, so. you ever end up playing them? Because there's no one else to play. No, there's so many people playing chess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you should be able to play a grandmaster once in a while. I think there's a lot to learn from just being utterly destroyed by somebody else. So I watch like this is another like YouTube thing. Like you can watch YouTube channels of like grandmasters teaching you how to play like chess tactics and stuff, which is kind of entertaining. Yeah, my wife and I just started uh, the Queen's Gambit on Netflix. If, if you need oh, to that. watch about chess, yeah. Is that what that's about? Play. Yeah. Is yeah, it that's, Gambit, that's really like pretty standard opening in chess. Oh, the Queen's Gambit is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It was fun. I was going to say, oh, um, that just goes to show you, right, that it doesn't even matter what the skill is. If if somebody is really good at it, it's actually interesting to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what, what do you think that is about human nature? Like we are drawn to um, feats of, of anything, of strength, of intellect, of dexterity, something. I think it's just like the hero's journey, right? Like going back to stories, it's like, hey, this is a normal human being that became great at something. And just like every book that you read and like all of, you know, pro sports and all that stuff. It's like, oh yeah, maybe I could be a grandmaster someday or I could be like LeBron James. I mean, not that you could necessarily, but like there's something there. It's like they're a human, I'm a human. They're amazing and I want to be like them. Yeah, yeah I think that, that's what it is. I think, I think it's uh, even not even I want to do that specific thing, but the fact that somebody can makes you feel better about humanity in general you're just like i can't believe what some people can do yeah i feel like yeah. it's inspiring and there's something some innate uh, ability to like be impressed by that or something exactly because it's another human and you're human so you can be impressed by these by lebron even if you don't know how to play basketball or any of the rules right you can go wow the way he slam dunked that ball was impressive and anyone can see that almost yeah, that, that is true about sports too, right? Because on on a large scale thing, like, are sports really that important? Like, probably not. You know, there in terms of how much beneficial good they can do for the world, but like, it's still incredible to see someone who's amazing do something. Like, I remember one time I went to a jazz game here, and they were playing the Thunder back in the days when uh, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook still played on the Thunder. I think my wife took me for my birthday. And 
there was this one play in that game when Russell Westbrook grabbed a rebound on the on the opponent side of the court, and I think he dribbled the ball three times between the far side of the court and his own free throw line, from which he jumped and like dunked it, you know, which is like 15 feet away from the from the hoop, and it yeah. happened. It happened in like three to four seconds. Like he went. 90 feet and then dunked a basketball like so fast that I was just like, I can't believe a human being attained that level of athleticism in literally anything. Right. It's like, like the literal de- definition of awe inspiring, right? Like, like, wow, you just awesome or something. Yeah. Well, you think like, how did humans kill mammoths when they only had spears? And then you see that and you're like, Oh, they jumped at them from 20 feet away <laughs> with the heavy rock. Right. And they just they just did it. So yeah, that that's really cool though, Kyle, that you have so many interests. Do you have any idea uh of what you might be getting into next? I don't know. I feel like they just kind of like happen upon me. It's like, oh yeah, I'm really interested in that. And that's probably super annoying for my wife because I'm just like I get fixated on something for short periods. Yeah, you're I don't know. It just I don't know what'll be next. You're describing all of us, right? I think my right. wife has accused me oftentimes of just being too obsessive about whatever it is that I'm doing, right? If I get interested in something, I'm just like down a rabbit hole and I just want to focus on whatever that is, whether that's learning how to make a podcast or being a dungeon master or baking bread, like you said. Yeah, this weekend I went shooting um, with my father-in-law and brother-in-law and my brother-in-law had a really cool gun and and I feel like when I picked up that gun and we were shooting clay pigeons and I like shot better than I've ever shot in my whole life. I hit like 10 or so in a row and it was amazing. I was like, Oh, maybe like I need to do this more. So I think that that might be my next purchase is a shotgun. You're getting a shotgun next. So, yeah. So have you ever had that? So maybe that's the feeling. Uh, I don't know if there's a, a, a name for this type of sensation, but I remember getting it a lot. Uh, playing sports where you just kind of get like in the zone so to speak or like you just feel really really confident about what you're doing and it can be for a lot of different weird reasons right like it could be because you think the gun you're shooting is cool or i i I think i distinctly remember being really good at soccer because i thought my shoes were cool (laughs) (laughs) you know does that make sense like you're like oh my shoes are so cool like i'm probably running so fast in these like i know i know my kids have those thoughts all the time and well, sure they, enough, you you can run fast in these. But like, there's something about the confidence. Like, if you're super confident, that it, it like totally increases your skill level to do something. Like, what do you guys think that is? I think it's to a point, though, Brian. Like, I think that like it's, I'm just thinking about shooting. Like, the more you think about it, the worse I do all the time. Like when I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta lead these clay pigeons, like and do that stuff. When I start thinking about it, then that's when I miss every single one of them. It's when I feel like it's just like instinctive, like. I guess just, that's just with shooting, though, maybe more so than... No, no, I think I think that's exactly right. That's kind of what I'm trying to get at, is like when you you have that burst of confidence, you stop thinking about how to do something right, and then you just do it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think... Actually, it, it's described in The Wheel of Time. I know that that's dumb, but like I just was thinking about that. It's, it's like... Let, so um, it's when um, Rand spars with his dad. Like, he's just like... His dad just tells him, like, stop thinking about things basically too much. And that's when Rand like fights so much better than what he did previously, trying not to give any spoilers away. I mean, not that it's really anything there, but he just like 
realizes how to spar and like actually beat someone and it was yeah i think that that's like basically the feeling we're describing do you know how to how you can get yourself in that zone like do you have any insight on on what you could do to make yourself be like that more often good question no i think that probably i think that just like familiarity with things obviously like the more experience you have kind of practice is obviously important um i also just think like doing something that you genuinely enjoy like helps you get to that spot really easily like this is something i love doing you're not doing it because you're told to or because you think it's the right thing to do like it's just something you enjoy i think that's probably when it's like the easiest and I think there's part of that where you can't let yourself be embarrassed by whatever the thing is that you like to do, right? Yeah. If you're if you're too worried about other people thinking that you're dumb because you run around mm-hmm. in the woods with your friends when you go camping, <laughs> like it makes the running around not as fun. Yeah, you just got to embrace it. Honestly, I think you're right. You just got to em- embrace the things that you um, like. And honestly, I think that you should take that a step further. You know, like to like what Nate was talking about the other day. Like, I think you should be embrace the things you believe and like be able to talk about them and i think that's important in our society for sure yeah right not be ashamed of your opinions because everyone has them right Mm -hmm. and be able to express them and hear differing views without you know wilting or getting angry right 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 just because i don't add I think the butter has a taste or something, right? Doesn't mean that I don't like <laughs> Nate any less as a person, you know? Yeah, even it's really fun to talk like... about that and argue just because of the relationship that's been established. Yep. All right, hmm. maybe um, I want to hear a funny story. So it sounds like you have a lot of hobbies and I can imagine you might have injured yourself doing them. So like, what's the funniest way that you've been injured? Um, so I guess this is not necessarily an injury, but this was hilarious to me just a little bit ago. So me and my brother are the ones that go fly fishing together. And so we were out fly fishing and, um, one of the things that sucks about fly fishing, you know, if you're talking about things you hate about fishing, Brian, this is one you can add to your list is when you're learning, your flies are always freaking stuck everywhere. They're in the trees behind you and you have to like basically climb up trees to get them out or they're somehow stuck out in the water and you got to go get them and they're expensive enough that you're not just like oh there goes two dollars up in that tree like you're gonna go get them and so i had a fly that i casted out by some rocks and i had a fly that got stuck and it was getting kind of dark and so it was towards the end of the day like this was pro- i was probably like oh yeah i'll just do like one or two more casts and then we'll call it a day cast it out there the fly gets stuck i'm pissed and so I was like, okay, here I go. I got to go get wet, basically, get my fly. Um, but as there was a tree that was uh, blown over in the windstorms, actually, that was kind of like on its way out towards where the rocks were that it got stuck in. So I was like, oh, I'll just shimmy my way over on that tree to where that fly is. And I'm sure you can see where this is going. And uh, as I like jump across like this little part of the stream to get onto that tree and I grab a hold of one of the branches, the branch just snaps and I completely fall in the water and just drench myself completely. And like flat on your back or what our face? I just like, it was probably like the deepest spot that the entire river was. Like it was super deep, like up to my 
like probably my chest. I'd actually text my wife earlier because we were having bad, it was a bad fishing day. And I texted her, I was like, oh man, like the they're not letting water out of the dam. Like it's just like a trickle down the stream. And I fell in like this hole where it's like up to my neck. <laughs> and so it freaking sucked. It's cold. And then I um, just go get my fly and come back out. And yeah, so that, and then I had to explain to my wife how come I'm dripping wet. I ended up driving home from fishing in my underwear. Um, <laughs> and yeah, explaining to my wife how I got so wet in a river that was basically up to my ankles everywhere else. So that, yeah, that sucked. Just a trickle, except That's pretty the one funny. spot. I think uh, every fishing trip ends with you driving home in your underwear. I don't, I don't know. If fishing you should. Fishing. <laughs> that's how you. That's how you know when the the trip's over. Well, yeah, I just I remember. I remember one bad fishing trip uh, with my brother when we were kids, and I don't know what happened. He's probably maybe like eight or nine, and he was using a lure or something, and he casted it, and he he managed to hook himself through the thigh like mm. his like his inner thigh like through his oh, pants yeah. and we couldn't get the hook out so we had to take him to the emergency room where they had to cut his pants off which was hilarious oh. uh, <laughs> but it wasn't hilarious to him at the time before they could cut the hook out they had to cut his in fact, i remember because they were brand new shorts it was like his first time wearing these shorts and they had to cut them off and he was like forever embarrassed and i was like that's what happens when you go fishing <laughs> like, I, learned, like I, I learned all the wrong fish. lessons go yeah ahead, first go. lesson in fishing is you got to pinch those barbs man because you're gonna hook yourself so pinch the barbs so you can pull them back out pinch the barb it's a good a, metaphor for that, life there that's a good uh a good saying to add to our list of sayings caleb pinch the barb pinch the barb yep so that when you hook yourself, you can pull it out without having to go to the ER. And get your pants cut off. <laughs> Be forever embarrassed and hate fishing for the rest of your life, even though it didn't happen to you. Yeah, I think that's why Brian really hates it. He just doesn't want to get his pants cut off. Yep, Yeah. agreed. Or maybe I do, and just no one ever will. Maybe you ever thought about that, Kyle? <laughs> you know, if you need someone to cut off your pants, you just call me up. That's a very friendly thing to offer <laughs> good, good friends that's what you do that's when you know you trust somebody so yep. every uh, podcast takes a turn <laughs> every, every podcast takes a turn uh no I'd, I'd be i'd be honored for you to help me with my pants problem in fact actually kyle you did help me with my pants problem once upon a time uh, <laughs> i did not not quite the same i told that i tell the story i told the story in the last podcast that uh, had well with John, I talked about uh, a time I ripped my pants at work, and Kyle, you were there the other time that I ripped my pants at work, which is yeah. was essentially we were getting in your car or your truck to go to lunch, uh, mm -hmm. and I stepped up into your car and destructionated my pants. That's all it took. I just had to step <laughs> up. Yeah, <laughs> like I never it's, obliterated. It's never just like oh a wee bit tear, you know? Oh no, like I guess I'll just petitely cross my knees until we get home. Uh, it was no. I I made Kyle drive me to Kohl's. Yeah, or, I remember I, that you had to buy a pair of pants. <laughs> yeah. Oh, were you we there? Were I, kind of ridiculously <laughs> expensive pair of pants because there, <laughs> there wasn't very many pairs that that were available. That's for sure. I actually still have that pair of pants. It's still a nice pair. <laughs> it's been several years at this point, but yeah, I I gotta stop 
tearing my pants at work. It's just not good. That wasn't as bad. Like I, w- I did not feel as, as embarrassed as when I was holding a boa constrictor who I think actually in that time I was standing right next to you, Kyle, in, yep. weren't you mm-hmm. holding that boa constrictor with me? Yeah. Right next to you. Well, yep. There you go. See, so Kyle was there every time I, I tore my the pants. <laughs> Yeah, there maybe, was a there's a lot that's going on the in connection. That. Yeah, there's it's Kyle. Kyle's just like weakening the seams of my pants. So <laughs> yeah. no, the ones I you're never yeah. gonna know. <laughs> so well, good times, Kyle. Um, so we had talked a little bit with you about wanting to do like a a book club or something since you're so passionate about reading. Are you still up for doing something like that? Yeah, absolutely. Maybe just we'll pick a book and then uh, meet have you on for half an hour every every week or so or something i don't know we'll, we'll pick a time frame uh yep. just discuss a, a discuss a chapter yeah absolutely i actually the brave new world you sent me uh i started reading it the introduction and yeah i think it might be a good candidate for sure so the reason i i was interested in it because i was listening to a podcast where a guy was talking about kind of the times that we live in right now right and a lot of people like to make these orwellian like 1984 comparisons you know where mm-hmm. where people are talking about censorship and, and government authoritarianism and that sort of thing um but the thing that's interesting about brave new world is that it's from the completely opposite uh mindset where um, people are enslaved by their own passions as a and their own pleasures as opposed to like fear of pain and fear of punishment and so I think that we're kind of living in a society that's about halfway between both. And so I thought it'd be interesting to read the one that's less discussed than the the most pivotal 1984. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I think we can do that one, Caleb, if you want to do that one too. Yeah, for sure. I was going to say, like, I've read 1984 a bunch of times. And um, I don't know why, but I never have read A Brave New World. So I agree with the sentiment. It'll be interesting to take or get another take on it. What podcast was that in? Because I almost remember hearing that too. Um, it was, I think it was in a recent Joe Rogan podcast. I think he was talking to, uh, he was talking to his, the guy's first name was Tristan, I think, which was oh. I remember that because it was annoying that his, it was spelled Tristan, but he was pronouncing it Tristan, <laughs> uh, which I was like, okay, Mr. Tristan. Maybe there's an accent on the A. You never know. <laughs> but he used to be, uh, he used to work at Google, and he's the guy that made the social dilemma that yeah, you know, okay. you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm like halfway through that podcast. Yeah, so he'll he'll read the I forget what exactly the clip was that he read, but um, I read Brave New World a long time ago. I actually took in high school. This is interesting. Like I took a my senior year, one of my last English classes was just a sci-fi fantasy English class, which was interesting for a high school to do something like that. And so I think I read a ton of this. We had like a dystopian unit or something where we read a ton of those books. And so I I think I read that then, but it's been a long time and it's really really interesting just that somebody's alternate perspective i actually think this one's a lot more likely than the 1984 doomsday scenario so yeah um, something interesting to think about but that'll be great i think we'll uh we'll we'll have to make up a, a name of this segment something that has kyle's name as a pun in it maybe we'll talk to john about that our our resident pun master yep <laughs> yeah we'll have to need one um but we'll have that segment reoccurring and then have you on here and talk some more all right can't um, wait looking forward to it uh any any other parting wisdom you'd like to give the listeners any anything else that's on your mind yeah i think just uh keep listening to brian caleb or the caleb and brian show it's uh 
going to be big. Oh, what a what a nice plug, Kyle. I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, thanks, yeah. Kyle. Tell all your friends. That's all. I'm yeah, saying. of course. Yeah. Tell all Honestly, your friends. I told my friends about like all the book recommendations you guys have given me, and they're all they're all uh, reading them. So catching on. We need to put together a list, Kyle. Maybe that we can all work together on that too. Our 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 book recommendation list right it doesn't have to be in any order but it should be these are books we recommend reading because they're awesome cool let's do it do that let's do it all right well thanks again kyle for joining us it was a pleasure having you i'm sure we'll have you on again another time uh, just to chat and uh it's been great talk to you later yeah great conversation see you guys later bye-bye